Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome back to Drilled. I'm Amy Westervelt. For the rest of the year, we'll be bringing you two episodes a month that continue the story we began in season one, unpacking some of the more complex aspects of the climate denial machine and looking at what's happening now, from ongoing influence campaigns to lawsuits, newly uncovered documents, and more. We're also in the process of reporting two more investigative series, which I'll share more about as we get closer to wrapping them up. It turns out there's a lot more to this story. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every morning. I take it before I start my day, even before I have coffee. I gave it a try because I felt like my immune system was kind of shot and I had low energy in general. And it has really helped me feel like I am getting all of the nutrition I need. It makes me feel focused in the morning and energized and just ready to take on the day. And no wonder I feel so good. It's got 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients to improve gut health, mood, to boost energy. It's even making my skin look better. I've never been very good at taking supplements or vitamins, things like that. But AG1 makes it super easy. I just make a smoothie with it in the morning. And if I don't have time to do that, I just throw a scoop of powder and water and that's it. AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can live a healthier and better life without having to do very much. It's my kind of product. I also love the single serving travel packs because when I'm away from home, it makes it easy to keep up with a routine, keep my nutrition up, and stay healthy. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com drilled. That's athleticgreens.com drilled. Check it out. Environmental justice is a talking point in every politician's toolkit. But do you ever wonder where it all began? On this week's Throughline, we're taking you back to 1978, where a fight against a toxic dump in North Carolina started the environmental justice movement. Join NPR's Climate Week and listen to Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. In the first season of Drilled, we looked at the origins of climate denial in the 1980s and 1990s. But those influence campaigns are not ancient history. They're still going on. And today, we have a pretty crazy example of how they've evolved. 
you're going to hear about a fake news site created by an energy association that keeps its members secret, staffed by a PR firm with a large roster of fossil fuel clients. First, meet Marco Simons, an attorney with Earth Rights International, representing the city of Boulder and various other Colorado communities in a lawsuit against ExxonMobil and Suncor. They're seeking compensation for the costs of adapting to climate change. A month or so ago, an energy news site requested an interview with Simons about the case. We knew about Western Wire's affiliation with the Western Energy Alliance for, we've known about that for quite a while. What's new here is their apparent specific association with Exxon. The site Western Wire is published by the Western Energy Alliance, an oil and gas industry trade group. They keep their members secret, and Simons wanted to make sure that neither of the defendants in his suit were members. Here's the beginning of their conversation. You'll hear Western Wire managing editor Michael Sandoval first, and then Simons responding. So um, thank you for taking some time. Um, uh, I am doing a story on this, so I'm, I am, just to let you know, I'm recording the call. That's an issue. Um, sure. Wanted to let you know, wanted to let you know that up front. Um, I had sent you a couple questions. I have a couple other questions, um, but um, just sort of up to you, uh, you know, how you want to proceed. But uh, just happy to walk through those. And um, again, thank you for taking the time this morning. No problem. Um, before we get started, I I want, sure. was wondering if I could get a little more information about Western Wire. Sure. Um, so my understanding is that that. Western Wire is a project of the Western Energy Association. Um, yeah, Western Energy Alliance, yeah. Western the Western Energy Network. Alliance, right. Um, and it, it's staffed by, primarily by staff of FTI Consulting. Um, yeah. And so presumably that's, that's FTI Consulting uh, on a contract to, under a contract to Western Energy Alliance, is that right? Yes. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. We hear about fake news and attempts to manipulate the media and the public all the time these days. But this is a close-up look. The Western Wire editor, Sandoval, has presented himself as a reporter from a news site. But he's employed by FTI Consulting, a DC-headquartered global public relations firm. And that firm has been hired by the Western Energy Alliance to run Western Wire. The Western Energy Alliance claims to represent mostly small, independent producers, but representatives from large fossil fuel companies sit on its board. The alliance launched Western Wire in 2017. The site bills itself as the, quote, go-to source for news, commentary, and analysis on pro-growth, pro-development policies across the West. These types of sites and the organizations behind them, almost always with their membership secret, have become more and more common in the past decade as fossil fuel companies have increasingly had to publicly acknowledge climate change and commit to working to mitigate it. Still, it's pretty next level to see these sites sending public relations staff to pose as reporters and question legal opponents of oil companies. Here's more of that exchange between Simons and Western Wire managing editor Michael Sandoval. Note how he neither confirms nor denies that Exxon is a member of the alliance. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Western Energy Alliance includes Exxon as one of its members. Is that is that right? 
I don't know. You don't. I'm, you, not, I'm, I'm not privy to the membership of, of Western Energy Alliance. Okay. Well, it does include a, an executive from Exxon on its board, right? Yeah. Sandoval acknowledges that an Exxon exec is on the board of the Western Energy Alliance, but he won't answer the question about whether or not Exxon is one of its members. That's important not just because acknowledging industry involvement in your news site is kind of journalism ethics 101, but also because Exxon is one of the defendants in the case that Simons is bringing, which makes the whole, quote, interview thing seem suspicious. The questions that were emailed to Simons ahead of this awkward phone call were also strange, according to Simons. What they had asked me in, an original, in the original email um, is they wanted to know about communications between the Colorado communities and other municipalities on their legal strategy. They wanted to know whether we were talking with other law firms about litigation strategy, you know, things, things that journalists might ask about, but in a lot of cases we would consider to be confidential. That's important because Exxon has been trying to accuse the attorneys bringing climate liability suits against it of being part of a vast conspiracy against the company. We're going to get into what that's all about in another episode, but let's get back to the conversation between Simons and Western Wire editor Sandoval, who brings his colleague Matt Dempsey in as a sort of bulldog. You'll hear Simons repeat multiple times that he can't speak to them unless they can confirm that they're not representatives of Exxon in any way. And you'll never hear that question answered. Um, I guess I'm just concerned from a conflicts perspective. If you're being funded by an organization that you don't know their members, how do you, I guess, ensure, you know, lack of conflicts from a journalistic integrity point of view? my, My colleague, Matt Dempsey, is here as well and um, can answer some questions. Sure. Oh, I just walked in the door. It sounds like you're asking some questions about um, the membership of the Alliance. Um, is this being done in, are you asking questions as a lawyer as part of representing Boulder or is this for your own personal information? We're, we're ready to proceed on an interview about the case, but if, if this is something else, we need to know that now. I'm just trying to figure out whether, uh, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're representatives of Exxon in any fashion, I can't talk to you um, because, you know, Exxon is represented by counsel in the litigation. The, um, the city of Boulder has asked us to talk with you as a representative of the city of Boulder. So if we need to speak with the city of Boulder, we're happy to, but they, they prefer that we talk to you. No, that's, I understand that. What I'm saying is that if you're representatives of Exxon in any fashion, I can't talk to you about the litigation as an ethical matter because Exxon is represented by counsel and I can only talk to their counsel. Okay, so do you want to email to the city of Boulder representative and say that the best person to discuss Boulder's role in this case is for them to respond directly? I mean, how how you proceed is is up to you. All I'm saying is that if you're representatives of Exxon in any way, you know, rather than an independent news organization, I can't talk to you about this litigation. Do you speak to Inside Climate News? I can't talk to you about this litigation at all if you are representatives of Exxon in any fashion. 
Are you, have you spoken with Inside Climate News or any other organization funded by the Rockefeller Brothers Fund? I'm going to give you the same answer, which is that I can't speak with you about this litigation at all if you are representatives of Exxon in any fashion. Um, I just want to be clear that we are on the record. This is, this is being recorded, and this will be in the story. So You uh, refuse to comment about whether you, you say you have a conflict in speaking with Western Wire, but that you do not have a conflict in speaking with the West with uh, Inside Climate News or um, climate liability. I only have a conflict in speaking with Western Wire if you are representatives of Exxon in any way. So that's my comment. Our, okay, that, that's important for us to know. We will talk to the city and county of Boulder directly again. They have referred us to you. It seems like that that's not a good fit. So we will go back and speak with them. I can tell you no attorney from the city is going to talk with you if you can't confirm that you are not representatives of Exxon in any way. Well, the, the, the city and county represents the people of Boulder, and they have an obligation to provide comment as the, the city and county of Boulder. They don't have an obligation to talk to an opposing party in litigation outside the courtroom. So you're, are you speaking on behalf of the city and county of Boulder right now? I, all I'm telling you is I cannot comment at all about this litigation. Are you speaking on behalf of the city and county of Boulder? I cannot comment about this litigation unless you can tell me that you are not representatives in any way of Exxon. Okay, I think we are done here. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. So you heard in that clip that Dempsey from Western Wire is trying to equate nonprofit news outlets funded in part by foundations and staffed by veteran journalists to outlets funded by oil companies, which seems like a stretch. But even if we take those two things as equivalent, the comparison is irrelevant because the funders of the sites Dempsey mentioned are not named defendants in the case Simons is bringing. And Simons' argument is not, I can't talk to you because you're funded by fossil fuel interests. It's, I can't talk to you because you're representatives of the defendant in a case I'm trying. Here's Simons explaining that a bit more. Where the legal sort of rules come in for me is that as, as an attorney representing a plaintiff in litigation, I'm not allowed to talk with the defendants except through their lawyers. So that's, that was the biggest problem for me in talking with representatives of Western Wire if, because they wouldn't um, deny being agents of Exxon. And I've never had that happen before where, you know, agents or representatives of, of an opposing party in litigation, of a defendant in litigation, would actually reach out and try to obtain information about that litigation, including potentially confidential strategy information, you know, directly from the lawyers on the other side. And if I, if I were to talk to them, it, it, it's possible it could lead to some sort of ethics charge against me. So that is, is really unusual. Um, and, you know, we, we hope we don't see more of that. Western Wire is not the first one of these sites, and it's not the only one either. There are a lot of them, many of which have been around for years. Energy In Depth, for example, is a, quote, news site that was created in 2009 by the Independent Petroleum Association of America, which Simons just mentioned there. 
It's another group that does not disclose its membership and positions itself as a representative of small independent producers the moms and pops of the industry. But in an internal memo that we'll link to in the show notes, the IPAA described energy in depth as, quote, not being possible without the early financial commitments of El Paso Corporation, XTO Energy, now owned by ExxonMobil, Occidental Petroleum, BP, Anadarko, Marathon, Encana, Chevron, Talisman, Shell, the API, that's the American Petroleum Institute, IPAA, Halliburton, Schlumberger, and the Ohio Oil and Gas Association. I have to say, I found this particularly amusing because Energy In Depth wrote critically about this show and one of our funding sources, which we include in the credits of every episode. It's not hard to find. Here's the deal. Everyone has the right to influence people, to persuade them to see their side of things. That's a First Amendment right. And it happens all the time across the spectrum of issues and opinions. But when you're misrepresenting opinions as facts, PR as news, publicists as journalists, that's something else altogether. That's deception. Next time on Drilled. In more news from the Supreme Court, justices rejected a bid Monday by ExxonMobil to block Massachusetts from investigating whether the oil giant misled the public and stakeholders about climate change. Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey tweeted, Today's SCOTUS victory clears the way for our office to investigate Exxon's conduct toward consumers and investors. The public deserves answers from this company about what it knew about the impacts of burning fossil fuels and when. Drilled is produced and distributed by Critical Frequency. The show is reported by me. Music and mixing are from David Whited and Damian Verrett. Rika Murthy is our story consultant. Our cover art was drawn by Lucas Lazakowski. Drilled is funded in part by a generous grant from the Institute for Governance and Sustainable Development. You can find Drilled wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps us find listeners. Thanks again. See you next time. <laughs>